Hey everybody, welcome to the RivalsReport.com podcast, I'm Jerry Gallagher. On today's episode, I actually have my brother John Gallagher on. We're going to talk about the uh, trade deadline, some mid-season awards, and then get into a couple other things. And we actually have a guest appearance by my wife, who didn't know a podcast was going on. Just walked right by on her cell phone. (laughs) Alrighty, enjoy. I got my brother John here. We're going to talk about the uh, mid-season awards, who we think is going to go home with all these awards, and we'll talk a little bit about trades and a couple other NBA-related topics. So, hi, John. Hello. Hey. All right. Um, let's kind of work backwards. We'll we'll end with MVP. So let's start, uh, we'll start with Coach of the Year. Who you got? Uh, D'Antoni. Dan D'Antoni? You don't see anybody else being able to get it? I mean, Pop is always a possibility. Steve Kerr, I mean, uh, Dwayne Casey... Pretty much anyone's in the running, but Mike D'Antoni happened to get a team that's reminiscent of like the early 2000s Suns. Yeah, I could see that. I had I also had D'Antoni at the top of my list, but I also had uh, Scotty Brooks and Brad Stevens on the list. Yeah, I think. I think Scott Brooks kind of gets screwed a little bit just because of their inconsistency, but it's definitely not his fault. No, but I think they've been playing much better under him than they had been, especially like the turnaround that they had this year. They didn't start the year great either. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right, so we're pretty much in agreement that Dan Tony will probably win Coach of the Year. Um, yeah. What about uh, Most Improved Player? Um, I probably have, I mean, I would say I have a tie, either uh, Harrison Barnes or Ante Tacumpo. Harrison Barnes? Yeah. Why Harrison Barnes? Significant. Because he's doing significantly better than he did last year. I guess. He's also on a team with, like, well, I guess one one MVP, but I don't know. I, I, I think they just always give this award to players that, like, don't play that much, and then all of a sudden their, their minutes increase because they're in their second or third year, so obviously their numbers go up. Well, yeah. It. I don't know. I but think I mean, this is kind of like going, a stupid award. It's like best second-year player or like best third-year player. It's like, yeah, obviously if you just if you get put into the starting lineup after having, you know, played like seven minutes a game, obviously your numbers aren't going to go up. Does that mean you improved or does that mean you got more minutes? Well, yeah. 
mean, but definitely Antetokounmpo. Yeah, I that that's my pick for it too. I think uh, Bradley Beal could be on this, and well, Bradley Beal just didn't have a good season last year because of injuries. So yeah. I don't think he improved. I think he's just healthy this year. Well, from what he did play last year, he was averaging like 17 points a game, and that's up to almost 23 now this year. Well, yeah. And then, I mean, I'll take Skumpo averaging like 24, 9, and 5. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's. I'm not saying that Beal should win it over Giannis. I'm just saying that there could be a case made for Beal. And then I also think that there is a, a case to be made that um, Isaiah Thomas should win this award too. Well, yeah. Goes from 23 points a game to 30. That's a pretty big improvement. Yeah. They usually don't give it to players who are in the MVP race, though. If you're already yeah. you know, that caliber of a player, they usually give it to somebody who kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. But, um, how about sixth man? Yep, those are the two names I had written down, too. All right, so we agree on that. What about Rookie of the Year? Um, I mean, I know who you're going to say, but I don't necessarily think if he's in the running. I mean, just from amount of games played. Yeah, but if you... So obviously we're talking about Joel Embiid, but... If you do, yeah. if if you play well enough in those, he's played thirty one games, I think, but he's played well enough in those thirty one games that he's he's still been the best rookie this year. Yeah, he's averaging twenty points yeah. a game, eight rebounds, and two and a half blocks, and he's on a minutes restriction, and he's still putting up those numbers. Yeah, but I also think he still plays a big enough role within the team that he gets more he gets more opportunities than some other rookies. Yeah, but it's not about opportunity. You can't say that, you know, just because you know, he gets more opportunity than I don't know, like Nurkic or somebody, it doesn't mean that Nurkic should win MVP over him. Or I'm sorry, rookie of the year over him. No. I'm not saying that. You were just saying about his minute. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's impressive. Like, I don't think it. Within, yeah, but I don't I mean, think it contributes or takes away from his rookie of the year bid, but I do think it's impressive. No, but I, I mean, if he has ten minutes in a game, or if you know, uh, like Brogdon has ten minutes in a game. He's definitely going to be more included into the offense within those 10 minutes than other players would be. Right, but that's also because because he's a better player. If Brogdon was better, he would be right. more in the offense or however you want to put it. So I think, yeah. I think, I think despite only playing 31 games, Embiid will win it unless... The only person that could take it away from him, I think, is Dario Saric. In the last, like... 
six games, I think, he's averaging like 20 points, you know, eight rebounds, and something crazy like that. Yeah. So unless he continues to play like this, I think Embiid will get it. I think he deserves it. Yeah, I think so, unless he doesn't meet the amount of games, which in that case, I think possibly Brogdon has an opportun- uh, opportunity for it. Well, and I think... He averages, he averages like 10, 3, and 5. I mean, it's not terrible, but when you look at the other rookies... Yeah, but Sarge puts up better numbers than that now. Yeah, I guess. But even so, I was listening to... Um, uh, who was it? Jalen and Chauncey and who? Who's with them? Not Michelle Beal. Yeah, Beetle. They were talking about it, and yeah. I thought that there was a a games restriction, but I guess there's not for Rookie of the Year. I thought that there was for I, all of them. I thought there was too, but they were talking, and they said that there wasn't one. So I don't know. I'm not going to trust my podcast to Jalen Rose, but maybe Chauncey Billups. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Who do you think? Um, not Draymond Green. <laughs> because you hate him or you Anyone think that he's not? Yes. So you um, hate him and you think he's not? worthy of it. Yeah. I think I have like a four-way tie. Three or four-way tie. Okay. Either between uh, Rudy Gobert, um, we got Hassan Whiteside still doing well. You got, I mean, you pretty much always have a Shit, I can't think of his name. What team? Uh, Kawhi Leonard. There you go. He always had Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I think that possibly Paul Millsap, if he steps it up, he he definitely didn't get enough votes last year. He was averaging almost two blocks and steals a game. Who? Um, Paul Millsap. Who is that? Paul Millsap? Yeah. Paul Millsap? Yeah, I don't I don't recognize the name. The power forward for the Hawks? Not ringing a bell. Are you screwing with me? <laughs> you obviously don't follow Sixers Twitter. When he got the last the last All Star spot over Joel and B, that was a big thing. Oh. Who is Paul Millsap? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think a lot of it has to do with how people, how their team finishes defensively. Like, if they have a big enough impact that they, that their team is a good defensive team, I think if you're the best defensive player on a good defensive team, then you should get it. But, like, like even, okay, so the Greek Freak, he's averaging 1.7 steals and 1.9 blocks, which is a ton, but Milwaukee's... 22nd in defense. 
Yeah, but that's not. It's defensive player of the year. You right, but throw that's him over because no one else plays defense on his team. Yeah, but you can do that for MVP. The, well, the Warriors are terrible defensively. The Warriors. The, the Warriors are second in defensive rating in the league. And Draymond, he's uh, he uh, he's in my top three for defensive player of the year. He's he's averaging two point one steals and one point four blocks. I think it's because he he plays. I don't know. I think he can he can leave his guy more often. That's how most people get all of their blocks. Gobert does the same thing. It's like they, well, yeah. they blow by somebody and then Gobert's waiting there. It's not like they're all one on one blocks. So I think it's if you yeah. you increase your team's defense. So like Kawhi Leonard, the Spurs have the number one defense in the league. So I think he's got a pretty good chance at it. And then the other two are Draymond is second, and then Gobert, um, the Jazz are third in defensive rating. So I think any one of them right. has a case to win it. I hope Kawhi wins it, but I think Draymond will, might win it. Yeah. All right. I'm positive we're going to disagree on this. What do you? Who do you have for MVP? Probably not the two people you have. I I have, I have four names written down. Who's your? Well, who are your who are your have, runner ups? I, I have. Well. I would say I have three. I have three runners up. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and uh, DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan? Just because I... Yeah, I think that if you take DeMar DeRozan off the Raptors, they're like one of the bottom seeds in the East. No way. I think so. That's crazy. Look at... Games where if he has an off game, they lose. Yeah, because he yeah. when he has an off game, he still shoots twenty five shots. Well, so if they didn't have him, somebody else would be taking those shots. Who? <laughs> Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka. Yeah, but I don't think Kyle Lowry is as good as everyone thinks he is. I think he's better than everyone thinks think, he is. I like him because he actually plays I defense. The reason I think he's so good is because of DeMar DeRozan. If you look at the shots that he takes, he gets open shots more often because DeMar DeRozan is being you know, double-teamed or they're ball-watching on DeMar DeRozan, and he ends up getting, he ends up getting a uh, easy shot. Yeah, but just because he gets easy shots doesn't mean that he he wouldn't still get shots without Demar. No, but I know Demar is he puts up a lot of points, but I don't I don't see that he does much else really. I know that's the entire yeah. game of basketball is to score more points than the other person, but yeah. 
I don't know. They have but they have they have other they have a, like a, a complete team though too. I think. All right. Who? So you had obviously James Harden is doing incredibly well. He's yeah. always been able to score like that, but upping his assists, and obviously Russell Westbrook is probably an average triple double for the season. Yep. And I mean that's obviously crazy. Yeah, but, but the last I still think Thomas is the, the most valuable player. See, I think his the the fact that he doesn't play defense hurts him so much. Isaiah Thomas? Yeah. Well, he does play defense. He's just an infant, so... <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> whether he's trying or not is not the question. It's his effectiveness. Okay. If we're adding defense into the the scoring for MVP, then James Harden is out. James Harden has been playing much better defense than he has historically. No. No way. It, Shaq and a fool was an entire segment of James Harden ball watching. <laughs> I, I didn't say it was limited. good. I didn't say it was good. I said it was better. He he was ball watching and let someone who has not... Uh, I don't remember who it was, but it was a shooting guard who's not had a single dunk in this season. Until he played James Harden, and James Harden was ball-watching twice, and he got two opened up. All right, well, let's take defense out of the equation then, because obviously Steve Nash has two MVPs, so defense doesn't matter that much. Yeah. All right, so make your case for Isaiah. Um, I mean, I think he... If we're taking it early, he's the most valuable player to his team. I think without him, the Celtics are, you know, bottom five in the East. If you take pretty much every other position, they're incredibly average, minus Al Horford, who I think is decent. I don't think he's worth what we're giving him, but he's the... Most above-average position other than Isaiah. Okay. Well, then how come you think he's just playing way better this year? Because he was with Boston last year. Yeah. Because he played 82 games with Boston last year. No, I know. I'm I'm saying with the team that we have now Mm -hmm. and how well the team is doing... I feel like he is the reason. But if he was on the team, this is his third year with the team, and this is the first year they have Horford, and now they're doing amazing. Yeah, but... You think he's stepped up and not... Yeah, I think he's stepped up. If you look at Al Horford, I mean, he can't freaking rebound to save his life. No, I don't Uh, think he can, but I think he attracts more attention defensively. Yeah, a little bit, but that's also why Isaiah has, you know, the number of assists that he does because well, he's Al only is open for he's only averaging six what? assists a game though. I know, but that's also because he scores thirty points a game. Right, but the assist, the assists that he does get are because Kelly Olynyk and Jurebko and Amir Johnson and. 
uh, Horford all can shoot the three. Mm-hmm. So they kind of stretch the floor a little bit more, and I feel like that's. But just to play, just to play devil's advocate on that. Be, just because he scores 30 points, James Harden averages 11 assists a game, and he scores one point less than IT. Well, yeah, but I think he's more valuable to the team than James Harden is. James Harden has a lot of other pieces, and that's how he's able to get... Wait, so, all right, so if you took away... So if you take away IT from the Celtics, and you take away James Harden from the Rockets, you think that the Rockets are a better team? Yeah. Before or after the Lou Williams trade? <laughs> yes. Because the Rockets sucked yeah. last year. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I feel like they're... They didn't have a good year, but their team overall is better. Okay. I mean, so if you look at it, they have... Eric Gordon... Uh, Trevor is the best. Mm-hmm. They got, who's their four? Ryan Anderson? Yeah, they got Ryan Anderson, they got Nene. Clint Capella. And then, yeah, Clint Capella is doing great this year. But then if you take the Celtics, you have Avery Bradley, who's always injured. So you got Marcus Smart, mm-hmm. who... Plays defense, gets fouls, and can't shoot threes. Uh, Jalen Brown is probably the the best hope that they have. But uh, you got Jay Crowder. I think who doesn't. I was going to say I disagree with the Jalen Brown thing because the Celtics hung on to Jay Crowder like he was. Michael Jordan <laughs> during the trade deadline. Oh, I know. I'm not saying they're smart. They were willing to give up like anything for Paul George except for Jay Crowder. Jay yeah, Crowder. I would have I would have packed his bags myself. Yeah. But um Danny Ainge sees something we don't. Yeah. Which he usually does. But I'm Well, uh, yeah. And I mean you got Amir Johnson and Kelly Olnick, and you, you basically it's just a team of people who didn't pan out. Yeah. And so I think if you take James Harden away from the Rockets or IT away from the Celtics, the Rockets are still a better team. Okay. And I'm not saying that James Harden hasn't been doing well, but I just think that. If you if you switch James Harden and Isaiah Thomas, I feel like their stats switch too. I feel like Isaiah Thomas has the ability to put up you know ten twelve assists a game, but if you look at the people who James Harden's dishing it off to for those shots, they're all pretty incredible shooters. Okay. All right. So here's my MVP picks then so my I think James Harden had the all four of these I have four people that all have a, a good case for MVP I have James Harden on here uh, obviously leading the, the Rockets to a record with third in the West 28 
points a game, eight rebounds, and eleven and a half for uh, assists, which is crazy. Um, then I have I have Isaiah Thomas on my list also, thirty points, three rebounds, six assists, and then um, my dark horse in this, who I don't think is going to win it, but I think that he deserves some attention, is uh, John Wall. The Wizards. Are, I don't know if you can say that, but yeah. I think he deserves. I don't think he's going to win it, but I do think he deserves to be in the conversation. the The Wizards are third in the East. He's averaging twenty three points, four and a half rebounds, and almost eleven assists a game, which I think is great for yeah. them. I think I feel like the Wizards get looked over because they've been a perennial shitstorm. But John Wall looks good this year. He's he's great defensively. Um, he's not going to win. Isn't, uh, isn't he leading the league in assists? Uh, no. No, he's averaging 10.8. Oh. Uh, how many is James Harden averaging? 11.3. Wow. Is he leading the league? Um, I don't know. Let's find out. Um, I'll look that up, but in the meantime, um, actually it's right here. Bum, bum, bana. Thanks, Bill Burr, for not being able to look things up and talk at the same time. <laughs> year by year. <laughs> year by year. Um, yeah, James Harden is leading the league in assists. Pretty cool. Yeah. And then the fourth person on my list who... I, I looked up a lot of lists. Uh, today to see who other people were picking for these things and everybody yeah. pretty much was picking Harden or Westbrook I don't have Westbrook on my list just because I don't think the fin- the Thunder are going to finish high enough to where he's going to be able to win it and my yeah. reasoning behind that is like so the MVP award has gone to a player with the team with the best record 39 out of 61 times <laughs> But anyway, yeah. so so nobody is talking. I don't understand. So this player, tell me if you know who it is, averaging 26 points a game, 8 rebounds, and 9 assists. Uh, Jokic. Huh? Is it Jokic? No, he's... No. His numbers are way too high for Jokic. Uh-oh. 26 points. Uh, sorry, say it again. Say 20, it again. 26 points a game, 8 rebounds, uh, and 9 assists. So I'm assuming they're on a crappy team. No, they're first in the East. Oh, the Cavs? Yeah, it's LeBron James. Yeah. How come nobody's talking about him for MVP? He's on a team. Uh, most people are tired of hearing him by now. That doesn't, but that doesn't mean he's not the best player. They did that to MJ a couple times, where they were like, "Oh yeah, uh, maybe Carl Malone should be uh, MVP, or let's give it to Barkley." So uh, yeah. So I think I think LeBron has the best case for it because when. When he sits, the the team is garbage. Like LeBron James is the best thing that ever happened to Kyrie Irving, because on his own he's 
I mean, sure, he's he's fun to watch. He's got all his Uncle Drew moves going on, but he's he doesn't win. But as soon as LeBron comes back, obviously he brought Kevin Love with him too, but I think Kevin Love is overrated. But the Cavs are terrible without LeBron. I think LeBron deserves another MVP this year, despite what James Harden and Russell Westbrook are doing. I also thought yeah, that... Kevin Durant had a, a good case until he went down. Kevin Durant, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree, but I, I mean... Yes, people are sick of him, and it's almost like putting up these crazy numbers isn't impressive for him, but it's impressive for an NBA player, and you can't judge him by, like, Oh well, he's not. He used to average more points, or he used to do this, or whatever. But he's still putting up amazing numbers for. You know, if I told you that this was any other player, you would say, "Yeah, absolutely, they should be MVP." But because it's LeBron, you're like, "Well, yeah, that's what he does every year." Like, well, then he deserves MVP every year. Right, but I also think that with the team he has, I mean, if. I still think that without him, they have a chance. It's still Kyrie Irving and Jared Smith and no way, no one else at small forward, and you still have Kevin Love and I think Thompson, and it's still a decent team. I understand what you're saying. I think that if they don't overlooked because they are so good, right? I think that but, if the Cavs don't have LeBron, they could get beat by the Wizards, the Celtics, the Raptors for sure. I don't think they can stack up to these other teams without LeBron. Well, no. No, I I agree with you, but I think that that team is so good that it helps LeBron stack a little bit. When when everyone on the court is a threat to score, I mean, LeBron... LeBron's been in the league for, what, like... Since 2003. 13 years? 14 years, he uh, still yeah. gets open jump shots. How, how? Because everyone else on the floor is an option to score, and that's also how he averages so many assists. Well, people I do don't. I think he gets overlooked. People don't trust his. Uh... Team, I, I think that also works. That also works in reverse for like, uh, like Russell Westbrook or someone. Yeah, but his team isn't first. <laughs> In the conference. If his team... If, no, but... If the Thunder were in the top three in the Western Conference, he would be a runaway for MVP, I think. But because the team isn't doing well, I think that's that's all that matters. Because the last person to average a triple-double in his entire season, Oscar Robertson, also didn't win MVP. Yeah. And I think it. I think it has a lot to do with you know, your ability to help your team win versus putting up numbers. Because, you know, like we were talking about earlier with Steve Nash, when he won his MVPs, he he had like 12 assists and 15 points. But without him, that team would be garbage because he runs the whole team. And then actually that same right. year that the same year that the Big O didn't win the MVP, Will Chamberlain averaged 50 points a game, and he also didn't win MVP. Yeah. That was it. Was Bill was Russell? It? Bill Russell. Who? Oh, Bill Russell. Bill Russell won. Yeah. 
and he same thing. He was he was putting up crazy numbers with you know, like blocks that weren't even counted back then, but he knew how to win. It wasn't about putting up insane numbers. He helped the team win. Right. So he was the most valuable player. So I think I think, I I think, think that Bill Russell won those MVPs, I mean it it helped that his team ran away with the league. Right, they did, but it was largely due to him because, I mean, Kuzi put up points, but it was because Russell would throw these crazy outlet passes, and then everybody that blew, right. blew by Kuzi, because he was like a turnstile, had, you know, had uh, Bill Russell waiting there, so. Yeah. People, when he came out of college, teams thought that he couldn't shoot the ball because he didn't shoot the ball. It wasn't because he couldn't. <laughs> Yeah. He was a facilitator. He ran, they ran everything through him. So, um, what do you think of the, uh, the Warriors since, since KD's out? Um, they think he's going to be back for, um, the playoffs, but. Yeah. I think, I think the Spurs could catch them now. I think they could, the Spurs could steal the one seed from them. And the the Warriors oh, are going to yeah. have to really uh, like figure out how to play without KD because this isn't this isn't the same team that it was the last couple years because KD basically no, turned into their defense defensive stopper. They don't have Azili. They don't have Bogut. They they don't have Barnes. Yeah. They they basically gave away their bench to get KD. Right. So I think they're going to have a lot more trouble than people think they will. And right now, Steph and Clay are slumping pretty hard. I mean, obviously that's not going to last, but yeah, they they don't have anybody that can guard anyone big. I also think that they kind of screwed themselves. They basically run their team like I play NBA 2K. Like, <laughs> if you're not a decent player... I'm not even gonna pass you the ball because there's no point. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like Steph passes it to Clay, who passes it to Steph, who misses a shot. The next play, Clay passes it to Steph, who passes it to Clay, who misses a shot. Right. Like they, Draymond Green still will get you know ten points, whatever. But when they uh, made their championship run, I mean. They still living in, but their bench was so deep that, you know, you had their bench wearing out other people's starters, and then their starters putting up ridiculous points on people's benches just because of the, basically the quality of the entire team. Right. When you got to give away, you know, the majority of your team just to sign a player, and then... Right, and which it's I, I it's worth it, but when he goes down, then your whole team's screwed. Yeah, I think uh, I think if the Warriors keep up their, if they stay where they are in defensive ranking and they hold on to the number one seed, then Draymond definitely deserves Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> yeah, I think that the uh, that Danny Ainge kind of said it the best. Uh, when the deadline was coming down and the Celtics hadn't traded for Paul George or Jimmy Butler 
he kind of basically said, like, we are good enough for now. Right. It's not worth it to, I, to gut your team for a superstar because then you're not going right. to win anything. Right. And I think that's kind of what the Warriors should have done. You know, when you win 73 games and, you know, obviously everyone gave them shit for losing 3-1. And, I mean, even Michael Jordan said something about it, but... Um, yeah. I think that uh, they kind of should have just stuck with the... I mean, they stuck with their core for the most part, but, you know, Sean Livingston's defense and, you know, the shooting they got off the bench and all that kind of stuff they should have kept with versus... I mean, their bench is basically Patrick McCaw and, like... I couldn't even tell you who else is on their bench at this point. I still have Iguodala. He's been a, he's been putting right. good min, minutes in. He's gonna have to put in more minutes now that KD's out, though. Right. Um, let's now they see. have Matt Barnes. And... Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, what do you think? Uh, what are your thoughts on the trade deadline? Um, I feel like the older I get, the more excited I get for the trade deadline because the more that I understand it, you know, when I was a kid and I saw that, you know, the Celtics traded for, traded a player away for a draft pick, I was always kind of disappointed because I really didn't understand it. Right. But now, you know, now when teams are trading for like unprotected picks and stuff like that, I understand it a little bit more, but I feel like I was very disappointed just because a lot of teams (coughs) could have moved players and didn't. I mean, the Celtics being one of them, like, you know, we talked about they weren't willing to give up Jay Crowder for almost no reason at all. Um, And then, you know, I thought a lot of other players probably been traded, but you had what? uh, You had Serge Ibaka. You had Sollinger. Yeah, I have... I have a list here. We'll I'll go. Th- we'll go through, and I'll I'll get your uh, opinion okay. on these. All right. So maybe you had what? Maybe six trades. Um, I wrote down. Yeah, yeah, probably about six trades. Some of them are from the same trade. Well, I guess there was yeah, more than that. Multiple players. Yeah, there was more than that, but not all of them had the significance as some of them. So, um. All right, so OKC picking up Taj Gibson and uh, Dougie McBuckets. I think that was a good pickup yeah. for them. They got they ended up getting rid of Campaign, uh, Joffrey Laverne, and another player who I can't remember right now. But I think uh, I think that was a good pickup for the Thunder, especially for you know just depth and stuff in the playoffs. Have another shooter, and then obviously Taj Gibson is going to do Taj Gibson things. Yeah. I think that's a good trade just because the the Thunder, I mean, even since, you know, KD and Westbrook came to the league, they're very good at, you know, they figure out what works and then they kind of stick with that. So, I mean, they need a good three-point shooter off the bench. They had, um, well, I mean, they still do. They have uh, Anthony Morrow. Yeah, Anthony Morrow, but he's getting kind of old, so they're getting a younger guy who can play more minutes, you know, playoff stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think they kind of do well at just replacing players, which I think is a good idea. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. How about, um, we'll talk about the Raptors. They picked up P.J. Tucker and Serge Ibaka. I... Are you just going trade by trade? Didn't they get Derek Solander too? They traded him. Or was he already there? They, oh yeah, they traded him. For yeah, um, for PJ Tucker. Yeah, I I don't like that trade, but because I think PJ Tucker is horrible. I think he's going to be good defensively. I, I think he'll be good in the playoffs. But but PJ Tucker's defense is to foul people. Like he doesn't. I mean, I'm not saying that that's bad. Like, you know, sometimes you need an enforcer type player, but he doesn't. He doesn't bring anything else to the table. He's not a good shooter. He's not good in the paint. You know, they, he's. I think that he is your last resort if your good defensive player gets injured. Yeah, he's not going to play I major. I had an argument. He's not going to play major minutes with them, but I think that he's a a solid pickup. I think that he's going to be a a very specific role player for them. But in a in a right. playoff series, you need guys like that. If you know, if somebody needs to come in and aggravate the shit out of somebody, that's your Matt Barnes, PJ yeah. Tucker, Tony Allen, Pat Beverly type player. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Patrick Beverly can shoot. He, you know actually does things. I think that... Well, yeah. I remember one time I looked it up, and when the Lakers would play the Suns and he would guard Kobe, Kobe would average, like, 10 more free throws than he normally averages. It's like, that's not... At that point, that's not being helpful. Yeah. When you're, you know, when you're fouling people... Yeah, but on his... your defense... In his career, he's averaging 2.3 fouls a game. And that's in that's in twenty nine minutes. So that's not that's not bad, but I mean I'm sure those no. I'm sure those numbers go up when you play against Kobe though. Yeah, but I just mean when teams want him to be a defensive stopper and he's not, I feel like people should stop paying him. Yeah, I th- I think he'll be he's going to be a very specific or have a very specific role with them. I think uh yeah. I think the Raps actually got a lot better though because they picked up Ibaka. I think that was a really good pickup. Yeah. I think he's going to help down the stretch because there's not really any other let's see who so the Cavs I don't know. They Tristan Thompson and then the the Celtics have who Al Horford or Amir Johnson. So I'd say that the Raptors have the best big guy in the top three in the East. Are you just saying they're starters? Because the Celtics like stockpile big men for whatever reason. Well, yeah, but I'm I'm just saying who's who's going to play the majority of the minutes. It's not like uh, yeah. Jordan. I'm not going to mention like Jordan Mickey. Yeah. Well, no, I mean bit. they got Urebko and they got. Uh, Amir Johnson, <coughs> Kelly Olenek. Sometimes they play small and they, you know, they have Crowder or 
Jalen Brown at the four. Right. But, yeah. No, I agree. But, yeah, I'm just saying that Ibaka's probably the bi- the biggest, uh, will have the biggest impact of the big men yeah. in the top three. Um, another trade that happened that really fucked up the, like, trade value for all other centers is the DeMarcus Cousins trade. Yeah, I I actually listened to Shaq talk about it, and I, I kind of like what he said. Um, you know, that everyone was kind of giving the Kings crap for not not really getting players in return. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't like that Vladi Divac kind of bashed him on the way out once he was already traded. Yeah, that was a shitty move. That makes the team look crappy, but Shaq put it a great way, like, like sometimes the, not necessarily the ethics, but the play style of the team needs to change because they're just not doing well, and for that to happen, they need to basically change the pillars that they had for the original play style. And like, you know, Shaq was traded from the Lakers. He was still great. And, uh... Yeah. I mean, I agree with that, but you have to... Not that you're going to get equal value, but you have to at least try. I feel like... And then I think that... I I just think that the whole organization handled it really poorly because, like, for him to... I mean, you saw the video of him finding out that he got traded, like, in the middle of a press conference. That's terrible. Right. Like, what, what about the DeMarcus Cousins trade is going to make free agents want to sign there in the future? Right. No one's going to want to be I, a part of that. Well, the thing that I also enjoy is, you know, people are saying, you know, how they can start rebuilding, you know, yada, yada. Um, they don't have draft picks. <laughs> the Kings traded their draft picks. The Sixers have those draft picks. Yeah. We've got the the pick swap this year and then we have their pick next year. So yeah. I don't I don't know exactly so what get, their plan was. If they get a better pick than the Sixers get, the Sixers can swap their pick and next year they just get their pick in general. Right. So that was part of the your, the famous Nick Stauskas yeah, trade where <laughs> the Kings got basically two the rights to two players that still aren't in the league for Stauskas, right. Jason Thompson, Carl Landry, the pick swap, and the next pick. That was the biggest fleecing I've ever seen. Right. Trust in Hinky. Uh, what but, about? So I think that the, the Kings didn't get better, but I like I like him going to the Pelicans because I think it's a. Uh, You know, like, every team has an image, and I think that, you know, that, like, the Pistons used to be the bad boys. A lot of people hate the Spurs now just because of their, you know, excessive <laughs> title. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't like the Lakers because they're the Lakers, stuff like that. And I think the Pelicans are kind of neutral or almost liked kind of consistently around the league. Because they're not a threat. Marcus Cousin playing with Anthony Davis. 
he doesn't have to carry the load as much. And I know he had a lot of issues with people not competing and stuff like that when he was with the Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that'll really help. I think and it'll also, be a better situation for DeMarcus, but I don't know that it's a better situation for the Pelicans. I, I think it is, especially for Anthony Davis, too, because now with another big man, he can kind of pack the paint a little bit and take some of the pressure off of Anthony Davis. Well, but right. He, that, wanted, he never he wanted to play center. He never what? I said he never wanted to play center, so it's good for Anthony Davis because now he can right. be a true four. But, like, between the three of them, they're going to end up with max deals with Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins. And with those, if that's your big three, are you, can you win a title with those three? I don't think so. Right. I, I think you have a chance. I mean, they obviously need to add some pieces, and they're probably going to be veteran pieces because they don't have, you know, a ton of money to spend. But I think Drew Holiday, you know, may not score as many points, but his assists will definitely go up. And I think that yeah, but overall, that's what... the team will probably benefit from it. Yeah, but in the last, like, couple games that I've seen, like, Cousins and AD both put up, like, 30 points, and they still lose by, like, 20. So it's like the yeah. two of them dominate the ball. They score a lot. But nobody else scores, so they only put up whatever ninety points in a game. But they're—I I thought they would be better defensively, maybe with AD yeah. out, out of the lane, guarding the four. That's not good for them. Maybe he needs to guard the center and have Demarcus out on the four. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. All right, let's uh, let's move on to what I think was the the best trade. Or the best, yeah, the best trade for the Rockets was the pickup of Lou Williams. Yeah, I think I think Lou Williams is one of those players who will play. He's like an Andre Miller. He'll basically play until he's physically unable to play because what he does is, you know, so simple, but it's so beneficial to teams. I mean, he basically comes in, comes off the bench, plays some defense, and puts up 10 points, you know, two to three pointers, and a layup, and goes to the foul line, and, you know, he's he's definite points off the bench. He's like a Jamal Crawford. He's definite points off the bench, but then on the downside, you know, worst-case scenario, you know, your starter gets injured, he he's gonna come in and play major minutes and put up points and right. You know exactly. Very he's, beneficial. He's putting up like eighteen points a game this season. I think he's, uh, yeah. So he was he was putting up eighteen point six with the Lakers, and now that he's with Houston, he's putting up nineteen point three coming off the bench. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's amazing. He just comes in. He fits perfectly with their offense because he's a a shoot first you know, ask questions later kind of guy. And he's he's proven he can do it in the clutch. I mean, granted, it was with the Sixers, but they beat, <laughs> you know, they played well with him. He was clutch for them. Um, I think yeah. that, that 
that he's going to be a monumental difference. I think the the Rockets are going to make it farther than than they would have without him. Yeah. Um, and then we've got um, Noel to Dallas, which I thought was a really I good think that pickup for them. Well, I'm not happy about it, but as a well, six, yeah, as a Sixers fan, honestly. I'm not happy about it. Especially because Colangelo said that we got a first-round pick for it, and it's friggin' top 18 protected. That's not a first-round pick. But I I think that Noel is going to be happy with this move. He's been playing well. Um, He's playing center where he belongs, and he's been putting up numbers there, pretty decent numbers. So I think that uh, Dallas and Noel are are both going to benefit from this trade. Yeah, I think Dallas was looking for another, you know, kind of Tyson Chandler-esque player, a defensive player who can still, you know, put up points. Mm-hmm. Um, Very mobile. And then, you know, Derwin's will also be happier because he's not on a team with, you know, they had Embiid, they had, Embiid, they had Okafor, they have Sarich, they have, right, too you know, many big guys. stacked with young talent for forward and center. Right. Well, now the Sixers are stuck with Jaleel Okafor. God help us. Yeah. I also think they were smart with it because sometimes I don't understand a lot of the trades that happen that are uh, interconference trades. Uh Uh-huh. But I think it was smart for them to give it up, give him to Dallas. You know, it's not going to come back and bite them as much as if they had driven to Boston. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, just to wrap up then, who do you think um who who do you think should have made a move or who were you surprised that didn't make a move? Um Paul George for one. I thought he was definitely gonna get traded. I wasn't sure to who. I thought probably the uh Uh, probably the uh, Lakers, because I know he wants to go there. Um, and he's a free agent at the end of next year, I think. Right. I think they should have... I think it was a smart move for nobody to trade for him, because now his... People know he wants to go to the Lakers, first of all. And then second of all, his, his value is only going to go down, because everyone knows that he's leaving. Right, well, no, I'm saying they should have traded him to the Lakers because now, now the Pacers get almost nothing for him. Right, exactly. If they had traded him to the Lakers now, they would have at least, you know, gotten some draft picks or, you know, possibly some young talent that's on that team already. Right. Uh, that's on the Lakers currently. Yep. Um, that makes sense. Which I thought would have been smart. Mm-hmm. But... I thought he was going to get traded. I thought possibly Jimmy Butler. I think that the Bulls should pay him whatever he wants, and they should keep him. Um, oh, see, I'm glad that the Sixers. Right now. I'm glad the Sixers didn't trade for what? him. I don't like him. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I, I think he's. 
he's he's a good player, but he's not a leader. I think that if you're going to be one of the best players on your team or the best player on your team, you have to be have some semblance of a leader. But after all this like Instagram crap with like Rondo and D Wade, like give me a break. I just think that yeah. he's. I, I don't think that he can bring it well, so mentally. He, he had a thing. What is he like? Twenty five. Yeah, but I mean, so is everyone else on the team. It's not like. And D-Wade is the same. I think that he handled that poorly. I don't think that he's a leader either. Yeah, but... I think there's two sides to that. You know, like, they're immature, but, like, you know, when... uh, When Embiid was, you know, at the Meek Mill concert with his shirt off and... Embiid is... You know, that... Yeah, he's 21 years old. He can, but he's out there having fun. That didn't affect his team negatively. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It comes. It kind of comes both ways. Like, I mean, I understand that that's like my age, but you still got to think that they're kids and they're idiots, and you know, like the Instagram crap. Yeah, but not all players are, you know, are like that. No, no, I'm, I'm can, not saying that. And I'm not saying that you can't, like, screw around or do whatever you want to do because they're going to they're gonna have fun. You see Embiid or whatever. But then when it comes down, you know, he's not fighting with any of his players. And even if – and maybe he is, but they're handling it professionally and it's not coming out on Instagram and you don't see it about it on, you know, ESPN or TMZ or wherever. Well, yeah, but also you got to think, think of who was involved in that. D-Wade, who's never – you know, sh- really shied away from anything. Well, and right. Rondo, I, I think that. <laughs> well, that's what I mean too. I mean, Rondo. I don't know. He has uh, he has a screw loose. I think, but like with D Wade, he's not a good leader. And if Jimmy Butler already isn't a good leader, and now he's taking, you know, he's like following D Wade's lead. I think that that's even worse. I'm just glad the Sixers didn't trade for him because I think that. They have a lot of young, impressionable players, and that he would he would not be a good leader for them. Yeah, I, well, or for I any thought, team, really. I thought he was going to get traded, but he he should have stayed with the Bulls. That's a good fit for him right now. Um, yeah, I mean the Bulls aren't going anywhere this year, so I think. Yeah, I, I think they should keep him because he's young. I I do think they should get rid of Rondo and D Wade and just try to build around Butler. Maybe bring in some well, veteran leadership. They also have, they have Cameron Payne now, who they just got. So yeah, but he's not he's know. not a starter in this league. I don't think. No, but I'm saying you know when you're when you're Rondo and you're a veteran point guard and you don't fit well and you're an ass most of the time and they bring in a young you know point guard I think you should kind of watch yourself yeah but they have plenty of young point guards already and they are and he's still acting like an idiot they have MCW who, and they haven't given Denzel Valentine any minutes I don't really understand that well he's he's bigger he's a small forward size but yeah Denzel Valentine I think that's, yeah he's a point guard he's like six seven. He's like six seven. That doesn't make him not a point guard. I don't think he's six seven though. I'm pretty sure he's listed as a shooting guard. You're right. He is. He's six six. He's listed as a shooting guard. 
But he basically played. Yeah. He could play point though. I when I saw him play, he oh, was no, playing he point. Could. But either way, he's he not getting any like minutes. The reason, the reason he doesn't is because they have. Uh, uh, basically, the people that they have right now. So I think that he'll get more minutes with McDermott gone. But when they have D Wade and Jimmy Butler, I think that's the reason he doesn't get minutes. I guess. But if you're not winning, I feel like why not try right. something new? He's averaging 13.8 minutes a game, which I don't think is enough. Yeah. But that could just be me. Um. The only person I thought was going to get traded who really didn't was uh, was Ingram. You thought Brandon Ingram was going to get traded? Yeah. I think people are so confused enough that they think he's a good player. And so the Lakers could have gotten something for him. But I think if he... The Lakers were... I don't were, think he's really going to... The Lakers weren't willing to trade him this, this deadline. I know. I know. I'm saying I think they should have while people still think he's good. Oh, I see. All right. I think because he's still... It, I think you know, he's still young enough that he's got time to grow, so it won't. I wouldn't trade for him now either, because he. Well, I guess I would, because because then you could get him cheaper, hoping that he'll turn into more. Yeah, I think a year or two from now he's still going to put up the same points. He's not going to be better defensively. I don't think he's going to put weight on, and I think people aren't going to be willing to uh, really trade anything for him. I mean, currently he, I mean, obviously if you look at him, he's, he's basically tiny. Yeah, he'll, I think he'll put on weight, or muscle at least, over the summer. This will be his first full NBA offseason. I think he'll put in a lot of work. I think, he, I think he's going to have the same problem that people thought with, uh, Embiid, where they're like, oh, you know, he's not working out, he's not, you know, doing the stuff he needs to be doing, and if that happens, teams aren't going to be willing to trade for him, but currently he's, he's worse than Anthony Bennett was. They called Anthony Bennett a, a complete bust, I mean, obviously because he went first overall, but he is considered a complete bust, and Ingram's numbers are worse than Anthony Bennett as a rookie. Yeah, but he's still a rookie. You got to give him a, a shot. Well, no, but that—that's what I'm saying. He's a Anthony Bennett as a rookie. They say, okay, he puts up this many points. Wow, he's terrible. He's a bust. Yeah. Someone puts up numbers worse than him, and they're like, you know, he—he he just needs a chance. Yeah. Well, then what? Yeah, I see what you're saying. He he does deserve. I think I know that he's not putting up numbers right now, but like, there's a lot of players that, you know, in their rookie year, they didn't do well. But he, I, I yeah, no, I agree. But I also feel like he has the perfect situation. It's on a team that's rebuilding. They ne- they don't think that they're you know going to win a ton of games. So he's going to have a lot, lot of opportunity. Yeah, but he doesn't he, because of De, uh, D'Angelo Russell. What do you mean? I feel like he's a little bit of a black hole. Well, yeah, because he's not good. That's what I'm trying to say. 
I don't know. I don't think that he's not good. I think he just hasn't gotten it. Well, okay, he's not playing well right now, but I don't think that in the long run. If you look at that team, that should be a team that he's thriving on. They're willing to give him the ball. He takes a bunch of shots. If he was good, he'd be averaging more points. I don't know. Especially on that team, like, they pretty much just have him and Swaggy B. All right, so check this out then. So, rookie year. Man. Uh, okay, so rookie year, this person averaged 3.3 points, 2 assists, and only shooting 42%. Huh? In how many minutes? Um, it doesn't say. I could look it up. Hold on. I'll tell you how many minutes. But I don't think he's playing a ton of minutes, is he? No, but he gets decent minutes. I think he gets... This is in um, in 11 minutes a game. And actually, the thing that I saw was per 100 possessions. So, um, in, in how many minutes a game did you say? 11. I don't know, like... What error are we talking about? You just, like, threw out the entire NBA. Yeah, it was Steve Nash. Oh, well, I never thought Steve Nash was good, so... Oh, my God. <laughs> He's you, at... You should have known. Brandon Ingram, yeah. At Brandon Ingram's averaging 28 minutes a game, 8 points, 2 assists... Take 20... And 4 rebounds. minutes a game. I'm not saying that he's his, playing well, but I'm saying you have to give him a chance. If he's a 6'9 guard that, that is 190 pounds. But that's, that's kind of what I'm saying. You know, everyone's like, oh, you know, you got to give him a chance, give him a chance. I think playing him 30 minutes a game is giving him a chance. No. 30 minutes a game when he... Not giving him a chance to play, to... give him a chance to develop. Oh, I see what you're saying. Not yeah, not give him a chance to play. He's getting minutes, but I mean, he's what nineteen years old. Yeah, he's nineteen years old. He was born in nineteen ninety seven. That's after Space Jam came out. So yeah, just give him give him a little time to develop his body and get used to the NBA game. I think you could you could give more shit to Anthony Bennett because his his body is worse than it was his rookie year now. I think he was where he needed to be yeah, physically his rookie year. Yeah, but if, if you look, he's played for... He's played in, for overseas and he's played in China and some other places and he's, he's kind of just given up. Who, Anthony Bennett? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's still in the league. He is. He never played in China. He was with Cleveland, Minnesota, Toronto, and Brooklyn. Oh. But he never got he never got thirty minutes a game though. His highest average is fifteen. Well, when I the stat that I saw was per possessions, per one hundred possessions. Let's see. Per 100, per, 
in his rook well in his rookie year per 100 possessions he was averaging 17 points yeah and now per 100 possessions what is I'm pretty sure he averages like 16 something think about Brandon Ingram Ingram his his is worse yeah 14 points yeah see that's ridiculous yeah but I'm saying he's he still has room to grow. I think with uh, with Anthony Bennett, when he came out, he was let's see. Oh, he was the same age, but I think that he was much bigger, and he was he's supposed to be a rebounder and whatever, and he just hasn't developed. But I don't know. That's beside the point. Bigger? He's smaller. <laughs> huh? He's like I said. He's smaller. He's like a six nine power forward. Yeah, but he's like two. He was like two forty. I'm saying his body yeah. was where it was gonna be, whereas Brandon Ingram is tiny. Brandon Ingram is like he only weighs like ten pounds more than I do. Yeah. Which isn't a lot. He weighs. Yeah, he's six foot nine, one ninety. What was KD when he came into the league? He was about that. Let's see. That's, like, impossibly small. I don't know how you do that. All right, let's see. Kevin Durant's rookie weight. He was... Kevin Durant... Oh, my God. Guess how much Kevin Durant weighed when he came into the league. He's, like, he's like what, 6'10"? 6'9", uh, six, they have him listed as a rookie. Six nine one fifty seven. Two twenty five. No way. That's how skinny <laughs> Brandon Ingram is. I also don't think Katie was two twenty five when he came to the league. I think he was two twenty five. I don't think he's six nine. I think Katie's like seven foot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you don't want to tell... Well, but that's what I'm saying. If All right, so if they're messed up, you always you always want to... You don't want to tell people you only weigh 180 or whatever. So if Brandon Ingram lit, was listed at 190, what do you think he actually weighed? That means he's probably less than that. Yeah. Which is insane. But I also think the height, the height things are so messed up. Well, right. Like, did, you hear in, did you hear in Shaq's podcast he talked about the fact that he's never been seven feet tall. Yeah. He said he's 6'11 or something, but seven foot yeah. sounds better. I've seen him listed as tall yeah, as 7'3". Yeah, that's what, that's what they were saying. Yeah, that's crazy. They would just bump it up. But, all right, back to the um, trade deadline. Just quickly, because this is running a little longer than we wanted to. Um, I think... I think the two teams that should have made moves that didn't were the Pistons. They should have moved on from Andre Drummond and or traded Reggie Jackson. Yeah. I I think they have a lot of... I know that you're not. Yeah. I I just don't think he works in today's NBA. He can't shoot at all. He's a liability at the end of quarters. He's a liability, I mean, for offense, basically. He, he does, 
he does rebound really well, but it's like you have to if you're gonna if you're gonna have a free throw average like he does, you have to at least be you have to be DeAndre Jordan, basically. You have to be, like, an athletic freak to where you can still make a difference on the court when you can't shoot at all. And I don't think that he's that. I think that he's the closest thing we have to, like, a Shaq. I mean, no he, he way. He's nowhere near as dominant as Shaq. He's nowhere near as dominant as Shaq. He's small, too, by the way. I think he's, like, isn't he, like... I don't even remember. I thought he was short. He's, no, he's like 6'11". Well. He's, he's like 6'11", 300 pounds. Now, this is another one. He's listed at 7 feet. He's not 7 feet tall. I mean, I think that he, you know, you always see Akeem Olajuwon and those players, you know, working with Dwight and working with LeBron. Get, you know, Shaq, get Hakeem, Robert Parrish, someone like that to work with Andre Drummond. And, you know, if he if he had, like, a skyhook or, like, a little drop step or something, he would be unstoppable. He's huge. Yeah, but, I mean, so would, so would DeAndre Jordan, but they don't do that. So they're never going to be amazing players if they don't develop more. And it's not like they don't have the opportunity. Right, but I think Andre Drummond does well. Uh, but the Pistons aren't winning. No, but I think that's because... I mean... Last year he averaged 16 and 14. He averages about five offensive rebounds a game. He shoots 50%. It's not like he's a bad center. He's a good rebounder. I just think that they overpaid Reggie Jackson, and now they're paying for it because they can't afford to pay for anyone else. Right. Well, that's what I mean. You gotta you gotta move on from at least one of them. If they think that Reggie Jackson's the future, you gotta get rid of Drummond, and then vice versa. So I think the Pistons should have yeah. made a move, and then the one that blows my mind that they didn't make a move because they. Well, it, I guess it doesn't blow my mind because everything they do is ass backwards. Is the Knicks? They're just a yeah. terrible, terrible organization. I think I think I think Carmelo fits in perfectly there because he doesn't he doesn't care about winning. He just wants to live in New York and play basketball for a living, which is fine. I mean, that's that's a chill. Carmelo cares about winning. Uh, then why is he with the Knicks? I, well, I think that the they need to stop putting together the 2008 All-Star team. Yeah. They went out and they got Noah. They went out and they got... Yeah, Noah's about 55 years old. I'm not sure why they got him. Yeah. D-Rose is a head case. They should have cut him. Yeah, I think that it's the organization. The team isn't bad. It's not... Well, the team is bad, but it's because of the organization. Well, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's Melo's fault that the team is crumbling, but... So you got 
you got Melo, who needs his hand, who needs his hands on the ball. He needs touches. Right. You got Derrick Rose, who needs the ball in his hands. He needs touches. You got who's their shooting guard? <laughs> Courtney Lee. Yeah, you got Courtney Lee, who needs the ball. And you have Porzingis he's and Noah. The, he's the scorer. Yeah, you got Porzingis, who needs the ball. And you got Joaquin Noah, who should have been euthanized like 10 years ago. <laughs> who should never touch the ball. Yeah, who should never touch the ball. <laughs> um, and I just think... I think that the chemistry on that team is so bad. Just not even the team. Throughout the whole organization... I <laughs> I think that they, Phil Jackson has completely ruined his image. I I, I have a very low I opinion Derek of Fisher him with anyway. A passion, and I feel so bad for him that that is, you know, that's where his coaching career, like that's what he's going to be remembered for. Right. Yeah. And I think I don't think I don't. Well, I don't know if he's a good coach or a bad coach. I don't. Right. I mean, There's no I way to tell. I think he has the opportunity to be. You know, like a Jason Kidd-esque coach, which would be awesome. But when you're trying to run the triangle offense with 11 people on the team who don't even, who probably can't even spell pass because they <laughs> cheated on their SATs, um, it, it's not going to work. And then they're going to, the organization is going to criticize the players for not running a scheme that doesn't work. Right, Exactly. Well, and what I thought was going to be a perfect trade for them is they had a trade lined up to trade uh, Derrick Rose for Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio yeah, would have fit would in mean. perfectly with that team. I want to know who said no to that. And if it's if it's the Knicks, they're stupid. And if it's the T-Wolves, then that means the Tibbs knows something they, about Rose and they didn't want him. Yeah. Which is even more reason for the Knicks to cut him. Yeah, I think... I also saw one that they were going to trade him for Yogi Ferrell, and I think that that would have been perfect. That would have been fine, too, yeah. I really like him. Um, Yogi I think or that D-Rose? the Mavs could use Derrick Rose's scoring. The Mavs don't really get a lot of team assists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're not going anywhere this year anyway, so it doesn't really matter. I think the Mavs, as the Mavs, I would turn down that trade. Well, I think they need something to rely on in, you know, a year or two when uh, Dirk, you know, retires. They don't really have anything stockpiled. They have a... Well, they just they traded for Noel. They have Harrison Barnes. I think going young is the way to go. I think Yogi... Derek Rose can't be the long-term star. I think you have to no, see... No, I'm just saying something to hold them over. I, I don't think they need it. I don't think it's worth the hassle. Yeah. I think I think if you had Derrick Rose, that would be a lot of wasted time for Yogi Ferrell. Well, I guess if if you traded him for Yogi Ferrell, it obviously it wouldn't be, but Yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, we're we're running on an hour and 20 here. So, um we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Did you want to add anything else? Anything else you wanted to talk about before we go no not really no okay all right well 
thank you for joining me. Yeah, no problem. And um, I'm sure we will hear from John in the future. All right. All right, we'll talk to you later. All right, guys, thanks for listening and sticking with us through the extra long podcast. Um, Feel free to rate and subscribe on iTunes and follow us uh, at RivalsReport.com, and we will see you next time. (laughs) 